Hello everyone, I am Kim. And I'm Sam. And this is Stop Running From This, a Ghost Adventures Review Podcast. We're back. We also want to apologize for our last episode being two weeks late. <laughs> yeah, um, the whole Easter season has been super busy for us, and there was recording issues that hopefully you all have even noticed. Yeah, so we think we fixed that out. We switched our hardware, so hopefully we shouldn't have those recording issues anymore, which means I can edit and get these out faster because I don't have to re-record sections. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, it's been a really busy week for me, and I'm on my second glass of wine, so... It was needed, though not as badly as previous episodes. No, this was more of a fun need, a bit of a... No. Sorry. Uh, We've been hearing strange footsteps from my neighbors. Yeah, but we live, this is an apartment, so it's fine. That's normal noises, but that was a very loud knock. <laughs> um, but yeah, so once again, we apologize. I had the episode edited on time, and then I saw I had to re-record it, and the re-recording had to wait because of Easter, and just, yeah. So, we're sorry about that. Um, we switched our equipment, so it shouldn't be an issue anymore, and I should be able to get these out faster. All right. And knock on wood. Knock on wood. Which, you actually just told me what the whole knock on wood thing was. Apparently, knock on wood is because you're supposed to be knocking on Jesus' cross so it hears you? Yeah, yeah. So, Jesus' cross is made out of wood. Yeah. So, you knock on wood like you're knocking on the cross. Oh... I never knew that. Like, I never understood why we knock on wood. I looked it up one day. Ah, okay. I look up a lot of things in this one. And hopefully you did a better Google search than Zach did in this oh, episode. Oh, we will get to that because it was mortifying. Hello to you too, train. <laughs> there are lots of fun sounds in your box. It's also thunderstorming outside, so you might hear some thunder at some point. It's been loud, y'all. One of these days we'll have a studio. Yeah. It's okay, well, like one of your neighbors is vacuum cleaning. Probably it wouldn't surprise me. Because she's always vacuum cleaning while we record. While we do things. Which is also part of the reason why I had audio issues for a while. Apartments, man. It's fine. Alright, so um, tell us, what did we watch? <laughs> yes, so this is episode 11, Magnolia Lane Plantation, in uh, Natchitoches, Louisiana. Alright, so, the Ghost Adventures crew travels to Natchitoches, Louisiana, to investigate Magnolia Plantation, where many slaves labored and died in the, its fields. The crew uncovers evidence of voodoo rituals that slaves used to seek revenge on the plantation's owners. Yeah. Supposedly. Supposedly. We'll get into that. There is big quotation marks around all of that. Though, when they say where they're going to in Louisiana, I swear it sounds like a dirty word. It does. It's also spelled really... I, I think it's from... It has to be from Native American Yeah, language. it has to be an indigenous word. Because um, Louisiana, that's how it works. Either an indigenous word or a French word. And this definitely isn't French. No. So. <laughs> no, that's not what French looks like. Friends? I do have to say this episode starts off kind of positively. For one thing, Zach knows that there's a difference between voodoo and hoodoo. He doesn't say what it is, but he knows they're two different things. Two different things. He doesn't use them interchangeably. Though. Which, to be fair, I did not know until watching The Princess and the Frog, so he's ahead of me. 
I found out in the last year that I listened to a podcast called The Witch Wave with Pam Grossman. It's good. I yeah. like her. She's friendly. She has a book coming out. She doesn't pay me. Yeah, and then she, so then they go around Magnolia Lane Plantation with Dusty, the park ranger. Okay, it took me the entire episode to realize they were saying his name was Dustin and not Justin. Yeah, although he had a... cutie, I don't know. He did, but also Zach has this weird habit of, like, emphasizing his name. Which I think is part of the reason why I couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. Because he kept going, yeah, so Dusty's going to show us, like, her Dusty, can I do this Dusty? Can I... I said, Dusty, what does this say? And I'm like, like, oh my god. You know when, like, a kid, like a toddler who's learning words, learns a new word and then uses it all the time? Like, maybe no. I hear kids do that. Um, yeah, yeah. It was like that. Actually, there's a, a guy who just retired from the place that I work, and he would start every sentence with my name and then end every other sentence with my name. And I really wanted to take my skin off. So I feel for you, Dusty, wherever you are. It's awkward. Not your choaches. <laughs> I don't know if he's still there. This was done, like, ten years ago. That's true. Just a note. So the preferred parlance here in 2019 is enslaved people, not slaves, to emphasize the personhood of the people. But they don't know that back in 2009. 2009. <laughs> 2009. I forgot how to say words. <laughs> it's been a long week. I worked a 13-hour day Monday. So we're like, so Constantine is emperor. Although we're in America, so we're some sort of indigenous tribe. Let's see, we're in the Bronx. Lenape. So, yes, yeah, so we're part of the Lenape. <laughs> Apparently we have television. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so they don't say enslaved people because this is 2009. Yeah. Um, um, which is a little jarring to me because I don't watch things that are old that often. I had to read a lot of old um, primary and secondary sources when I was in school. Um, it's been a while since I was in school, Kim. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my uh, minor was in anthropology. So I had to read a lot of documents from, like, the 50s and earlier. I mean, I, I took a couple anthro classes because I really enjoyed them, um, and a couple psychology classes because I really enjoyed them. But it's been <clears throat> years uh, since that happened. That reminds me. I wonder if I could find um, any published case studies from the 19th century and how it describes them. You probably can. But the question is, can I find them on PubMed? You go to a school with a library. I have know. one, what's your point? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I still have to look on PubMed. I'm just saying, don't you have options? I mean, I do, but I just want to know if it, I can find them. <laughs> okay. Um, um, let's get back to the episode. So, Do we have to? Let's get to the good stuff. We're just gonna right, get through the, the, the background um, yeah. and the voyeurism, and it, it's weird. Uh, Dusty showing them around, and uh, Although, Zach in, encounters as a carpenter bee. Oh yes. Also, I forgot what the French word is. 
Uh, oh, it's like pigeon Yeah, the pigeon And Zach goes, the what? The pigeon houses. And Zach goes, is that where the pigeons live? And he's not making fun of him. Like, he genuinely had to ask, like, wait, what? I mean, I understand. I understand. And someone told me, oh, the building you left out of the accounting is a pigeon I'd be like, I must be hearing that wrong. What? What is a pigeon uh, and then they'd be like, oh, the pigeon towers. I would also be like, just to be clear, that is where the pigeons took residence. But that is not the tone that he had. His tone was not for clarification, because you and I both understand what you just said. But let me just double check. Pigeonet, pigeons living in a building. Uh, no, it was very much, that's where pigeons are? Okay, you picked up on a word, you ran with it, I appreciate it. Um, let's see, right, right, right. Carpenter Bees, uh, Zach immediately asks if Carpenter Bees kill you. He does say, quote, unquote, do they kill you? No, you dumb fuck. After Dusty is like, oh, they're Carpenter Bees. They, they drill holes in the woodwork of our historic buildings. Goes, do they kill you? That knowledge of nature, or lack thereof, never ceases to amaze me. Okay, and I'm I'm a city kid who grew up in the Bronx. I've spent my whole life here, um, and the time I haven't spent here, I spent in D.C., right? I Cities are my favorite terrain. I still know that carpenter bees are bees that do wood stuff, just like carpenter ants. Are bees, are ants, they're not bees, are ants that do wood stuff. Well, to be fair, the Bronx also has the largest park in New York City, and unlike Central Park, it is not man made. 2,772 acres. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a tick I have. Um, yeah, so like, I, I may be a little bit more understanding of because I have hobbies, I guess. But it's right there in the name. Like, the bees clearly don't build little structures out of wood that they cobble together with tools. So, can you imagine a little bee using a little lathe? I'm not going to lie, that's exactly what I picture. <laughs> like, as you're saying that, in my head, I have, like, a little, like, bee workshop, and the bees, like, smoothing out that wood. Um, little <laughs> tiny bee Nick Offerman's <laughs> with the mustache. <laughs> Guys, if you can draw, because I can't. I can't fan art that shit. I need that. After you gave us Ben Franklin in drag. <laughs> oh man, I just remembered that for like the third time today. And it hit me like a, a sack of bricks. So... Also, so as Dusty showing them around, he shows them some of the old documentation, including um, the ledger that showed all the deaths on the property. And Zach goes, this right here is proof that slaves died here. And Sam and I just in unison go, no shit. I, I think I also then said, if slaves were living on a property, like enslaved people definitely died there. That's kind of how slavery works. Chattel slavery means you're probably going to get murdered. Um, yeah, or worked to death. Or, that's a murder. Right. Or you get a yeah. disease, which I guess is less murdery. Like, you're gonna 
like, I think every southern plantation had an enslaved person's die on it. Constantly. It's kind of part of the, the business. Uh, I was going to say for better or for worse, but it's definitely for worse. Um, yeah, like, I don't... That's another thing I don't think Zach understands at this point. Uh, slavery. No, he doesn't, Zach. Doesn't understand a lot of things. I do appreciate he does... He is willing to learn. He is. And he does seem genuinely curious. He does. We'll get more of that. <laughs> I just... But it's... The lack of knowledge sometimes is just like... It, it, I think we give too... I, I think we don't give enough credit to our educations. You know... And he... Because this is something I've learned. We've really been spoiled growing up in a city that's as diverse as New York is. Yeah, and I um, was... And we went to a very good high school together. I went to really good... Uh, schools growing up. I also was, like, really encouraged to learn not just what was being taught in my classes. I was encouraged to read ahead of my level, like, and widely, like, even whatever. throughout the city, there was, I mean, like, New York has things it covers up, like, you know, the ghettos that were demolished in order to build Central Park. But, and the Black Village, the Free Black Village. Yes. That was demolished yeah. in such part. But we were really lucky. Because whatever we want to learn, uh, people of different backgrounds, like, hearing friends tell me, like, yeah, I had never met a Jewish person until college. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's like a quarter of my family. Um, well, your family. My family. Yeah. My <laughs> specific family. Uh, but it's also, like, I grew up in a, like, middle-class white neighborhood with, where the public schools were very good, when my parents had the finances to send me to the better parochial school, um, which, since funding for schools tends to be by, like, the district, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily going to get that funding if you live in a next, in a, in a less good neighborhood. Yes, which is kind of why New York City schools are some of the most segregated in the country. Yes, they are rife with racial and class inequality, and that's something that should be changed, Mr. de Blasio. Oh, yes. Um, But no, we were really fortunate, because I grew up in a white middle-class family in an extremely white neighborhood. You've been to my neighborhood. It is very white. white. I wouldn't walk around there at night. But... (laughs) My parents worked in Manhattan. Yeah. So I was constantly in the city. And even though I went to school in the village, my school was really diverse. Yeah. Actually, I think we only had, like, three white kids. In the, no, we had four white kids in my class. Yeah, see, I was one of the diversity. <laughs> <laughs> there were a grand total of four white kids in my class, and that's including myself. Yeah, we only had... Um, we only ever had one black student at a time in my grade. Other grades were were maybe different. And there were years where we didn't have a a black a black person. Yeah, it was when I'm your diversity, you're not super diverse. Like my family's from Puerto Rico and Eastern Europe, right? I 
I don't tan very dark, and I would pass a paper bag test. If I commit a crime, I won't be a terrorist. <laughs> a long sip from him. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that. 2019 is a weird place to be. Oh, yeah. 2009 was way easier, except for the whole puberty thing. Well, also, 2009, we had just turned 18, and we were stupid kids. Not stupid as in, like... Let me for that. We, we, we were, were kids. stupid kids. We were, we were stupid kids. Like, we were kids and we were inexperienced thought we knew everything there are definitely things that i said in high school that now i'm like Ugh. yeah sometimes i'm up at night thinking of the things i said in high school i try really hard not to i honestly i i mean i go not one thing is nice that's nice is that knowing that i've said those and being like i can't believe i said those it's like no it's not that i can't believe it i can't believe it i didn't know I've grown up, I've learned, I've met different people, I've learned more, and my opinion has changed because I've learned more. Yeah, I've done a, a lot of learning, um, even in the past couple of years. I was uh, talking to my boyfriend, Alex, about that Marvel movie that's come out that I will not spoil, but we were talking, uh, based on that, we were talking about the character of Scarlet Witch. In the comics, she's of Roma descent, right? And then they have her working with Hydra, which is like Nazism on steroids. Weren't Hydra part of the Nazis? Uh huh. Okay, like I, but I'm worse. Not crazy, right? They're, they're they're Nazis, but they're like the worst Nazis. No, no, I know. I'm just like I'm not crazy. I didn't know. No, no, that, no. Right? You're right. Okay. You're right. I got very heated about that today when I remembered that that's a thing that happened. Well, um, that was, a, I mean, historically, that's a thing that happened as well. Historically, Roma were part of the people. No, 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 Holocaust. no. I know. No, 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 no. When I say historically, that's what happened as well. I'm not denying that uh, the Roma were targets of the Holocaust. They were. Um, there's no denying or question about that. This is historical fact. Yes. But the there were yes, historical fact. But there were people who would work with, pe work with the Nazi party because they thought they could save themselves or their family. Which generally didn't work. No, it didn't. But when I say historic... No, 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 yeah. I know. But that's, yeah. not, that's not the situation in no, the it's not. Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's just that they... Also, mm. Scarlet Wish probably doesn't know the history of Hydra. Let's be real. No, they're fucking Nazis. I mean, they are. I'm not denying they, that. They continue to be Nazis. They do. But I we're not going to talk too much about Marvel. All I'm going to say is, I was telling you about this. There's a great quote from uh, this season of Santa Clarita Diet, where uh, the main character is a uh, not uh, excuse me, the main character is a zombie. And uh, last season, she decided that she's going to specifically target bad people, and she finds a Nazi softball team. So, <laughs> um, in one of the episodes of the season, all of her food runs out, and she's like, and she's telling her husband, like, what do we do? He's like, well, that's okay. We just have to find and kill a Nazi. 
thankfully, there's more of them now than ever. Which is like a, it's a laugh that hurts you, I think is the best way to put that. Yes. We here on Stop Running From This, I hope it goes under the review podcast, have a strong anti-Nazi stance. Very strong. We we are pro-zombies eating Nazis. Yes, we are. Um, don't eat Nazis yourself. Compost them. Yes, compost them. But definitely punch a Nazi in the face. Yup, and then sync it up to music. Punching Nazis. It's what Captain America would do. <laughs> it's exactly what Captain America would do. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um, anyway, we got vastly off to topic. To bring that back around. So, we got to Nazis from slavery. To bring that back around, I bring up Scarlet Witch because that's a whole thing that, like, 18-year-old me wouldn't have known about to be able to care about it. Yes. And Um, I would have used different words to describe Scarlet Witch's heritage that I now know are slurs. Like, I'll be honest, there are words that I didn't know. Like, I didn't realize that was a slur until fairly recently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks to the advent of Twitter, honestly. Yeah, it's like, oh, I knew what the I knew what the history was in where, in terms of where the word came from, but I didn't realize it was a slur. Yeah, and there's then other words that come from that um, that I tried to take out of my vocabulary. Yeah, it's a little bit hard hard. because I actually didn't know the connection either. Right, I had no idea that that's how those things came about. So like when I learned them, it, I try. Some things are harder than others, especially when it's, like, the sort of dialectical slang that you learned growing up. Especially in New York. Especially in New York. There's a lot of things in New York and, like, a lot of jokes I have with friends that's, like, it's just, there are things that, like... Yeah, like, we wouldn't say them on our podcast that's going out onto the internet forever. Yeah. Um, uh, because we realize now that, and we're trying to correct for it, taking out things that are, that have been ingrained is hard. Um, like my, my ingrained response to, to voodoo and Santeria and hoodoo. Yeah, we were actually talking, we were talking about, about this. this. Um, but bef- uh, we were talking about this uh, um, before we got a little yeah, we could talk sidetracked. About um, and we'll get there, because they do go into uh, Voodoo, but we haven't gotten there yet. So Dusty's showing them around. Yeah, and they, they should talk- bring it back. They talk about um, <laughs> Mr. Um, Milton. Okay, so they they ominously say, oh, let's tell you the legend of Mr. Miller. And Miller, like, thank you. Oh, the legend of Mr. Miller. Who's Mr. Miller? Oh, he's the he was an overseer. And I'm like, oh, this guy must have been a rat bastard. Right? That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> Overseers, historically, rat bastards. Murdering assholes. Right? I am ready for a good rousing story about a rat bastard. That's not what I got. No, we got that he was killed by Union soldiers during uh, Civil War. I was about to say World War II, which I'm like, nope. No, nope. nope. too early. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we were just talking about Nazis. <laughs> yeah. They don't, <laughs> they don't call them Union soldiers. They call them Federal soldiers. 
No, Zach keeps saying federal assault. No, 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 the, the lady okay. said federal, too. I, I noticed that, and I'm like, what? I'm assuming union. It had to be union. Louisiana was a confederate state. Yeah, yeah. So, um, attesting my, my, my Civil War history, which I am not as good at other points in time, um, Louisiana would have been a slave state. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, so federal no. soldiers came, Union, I'm assuming, came to burn the plantation house, and Mr. Miller goes outside in front of the house to to stand between the army and their torches in the house to beg them not to burn the house, and then they shoot him to death right there, and he's buried on the wall. Got a nice southern accent going on. Yeah, I practiced when I was in D.C. <laughs> And that's, again, not the story I thought I was going to get from an overseer. And then this woman, I, I didn't write her name down, unfortunately. But she's, Betty. Betty, yeah. She's, uh, this house stayed in the same family even after the Civil War. And yeah. she is of that lineage. And she still lives in the main house to this day, even though it's also... No, it's privately owned. It's privately the, owned. The yes. grounds. The grounds are, are a museum. Yeah. Well, a federal park. Yeah. Ah. Uh, I think they donated the land to. But the house is also set up in a very historic way. Well, the house is set up as a museum, but it's privately owned. Okay, I wasn't sure. No, they did call it a museum sometimes. Yeah, but I was like, once they then said it was privately owned, I was then also very confused about that. So yeah. I was expecting the overseer to be a bad guy, but apparently, no, he just ruined their stuff because he died protecting the house. Oh, he was probably still a shitty person. Oh, no, I'm sure he was a shitty person, but I didn't get a shitty person yeah. story. So, Betty, who's the current owner of the house, who looks like she wants to talk to your manager, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't, have, she doesn't have the haircut. She doesn't have the haircut, but she has the face. She does. And there's a beautiful portrait of her that's uh, definitely painted. That I swear to God, it looks like it came directly out of the Haunted Mansion in Disney. Most of the portraits in the house do. They're all no, painted. that one specifically. That one was really. It had vibes. I'm like, she's standing right there. There's a portrait of her as a younger person. It looked like it came out of the stretching room. It was, I was, um, yeah, I wouldn't go into that house. I don't know how else to say that. That's, that's not a safe place for people who are not white to go in. I don't know. So I'm safe. Yeah. Even though I wasn't really considered white down there until like the 50s, maybe a little later. Yeah. This whole episode is interesting for us in a different way than it's interesting for, like, Zach and the crew. Because we're here um, as people with a certain, like, racial IQ watching what is ostensibly entertainment and, like, cringing a lot. And Zach is there just merry, hopping along, being afraid of bees. Um... Zach and nature do not mix. And that's not all he's afraid of. Because they're, uh, Dustin's showing them around the, the grounds. And 
Zach keeps seeing these black X's that are covered by plexiglass. Yes. And Zach's like, what's that? And Dusty's like, oh, that's a square for me. And Zach's like, do you know what it, what does it mean? He's like, it's historical graffiti. I, I don't know. Historical graffiti. That's all I can tell you. And then Zach's I don't like, know. To me, the way he said it, like, historical graffiti. That's all I can tell you. I think he was done with them, honestly. I think he I was don't think, well. I don't think he liked them very much. Um, he was a little too happy to block them Oh, off. my gosh. So, this is a trend. Everyone's always really happy to lock them into the house. And Dusty was super stoked. I don't know what they said to him that was not included in this episode, but that man was ready. Let's put it this way. Later, when they do the lockdown, he, like, gives the, gave them a fist bump. Zach goes, damn, he punches hard. Yeah. My knuckles hurt, and we were dying. At this point, Zach's like, all these park rangers, they never tell you the truth. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Zach is a park ranger trooper. So they they search Voodoo Black X on a laptop. It's an Alienware laptop. But then they read off the results. They read it off, off his iPhone. And when I say they read off the results, he just... It's not like they click a link and they read off a site. They just read off a search result. And they're like, the black crosses are like a hex. This is clearly calling on demons to hex the place. And I don't even think they check the, the search. They don't, they don't look at a source. They don't look for scholarly material. They don't look for an actual person who practices, oh, sorry, who practices voodoo. They just... Well, they looked for an actual person. Well, they did find a person. But they didn't ask her. No. Which, so... Or if they did, it wasn't included. That well, is a very good one. So while they're doing this, I did my own little Google search. Yes. And I came across the, uh... Not to Choche's, um... Haunted Tour site. Yay! And essentially, they answer the question with black X's, and they're like, you know, it can, uh, it could have meant a variety of things. It was essentially meant for a spouse of protection, hex, whatever. It could be a variety of different things. Don't get into the shade yet. Oh, that's exactly why I was reading it. Yeah, yeah, hold on. We'll get there. Because we're not there yet. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so essentially, they're like, it was a, we can't be sure. It's for, it could have been, like, in food rituals are usually pretty important, but it, so it could have been for a variety of different reasons. When you're looking to find the meaning behind a symbol of a group of people who are no longer, like, extant in that space, right? No, they are. They're no longer enslaved people living in those homes. No, but voodoo is still practiced. Voodoo is still practiced, but to my understanding, um, practices, like, symbols can vary among practitioners. Yes. So, since you can't go and ask them, you can only ask other people who practice in a similar fashion, and you're going to get different answers. Like, even just as a, as a Catholic, the different ways people do the Mass, like, the basics is the same, but 
you might choose a different mass setting and you might have different music and you might be a charismatic group and be weird. Uh, that's my bias. <laughs> or my favorite is actually the Upside Down Cross. Yes. Because to us, the Upside Down Cross is actually a symbol of St. Peter, who got crucified upside down. Because he didn't want to be crucified the same way Jesus was because he wasn't holy enough. So he said, do me upside down. And then he died. And St. Peter is one of the holiest figures in Catholicism. Actually, you may have heard um, the phrase, uh, St. Peter is waiting for you at the pearly gates. Yeah, he's the guy. Yeah. Um, sorry, my neighbor's vacuuming. Thanks, neighbor. Um, <laughs> and... But to a lot of people, they see upside down cross, like, oh my god, it's the devil. And they see it as a totally fit symbol, but... But it's, it's the cross of St. Peter. Yeah. Um, so that's a very good example of the ways, like, a symbol can be used in different ways by different people. So, he goes straight to Hex's haunted Natachoches. 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 I had to try to pronounce it enough times I eventually got it down. <laughs> should have pronounced it before the second glass of wine. Um, it's, you'll, you'll see the, um, how it's spelled in our episode description. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's a word. It's a um, word. But yeah, that's when Zach decided to go on about voodooism. And, um. A little more wine. Yeah. They talk to an... Oh, before they talk to an anthropologist, they do talk to a different anthropologist. They talk to a, a black woman. They talk to Roland. Yeah. Uh, was her name? Oh, uh, Roland, I think. Sorry. No. What was it? I didn't write it down. Oh, my God. I, can't, I didn't write it down. I can't remember her name, and I feel really bad. She was wonderful, and she is there giving the best non-answers I've ever seen a person give. Yeah, he's like, so they could have been hexing them, and she's like... It's a possibility. She's not saying no, but she's definitely not saying yes. And that's how that entire interview went. Yeah, because as an anthropologist, she can't tell you what the intent was. Especially for as simple as vague as that. Yeah. So, then they go into um, a white dude who's been doing archaeological digs in one of the uh, quarters. Mm-hmm. And I noticed they also don't ask him about the crosses. They don't ask him about the crosses at all. They do ask him if, they, if he's found any voodoo or hoodoo artifacts. And he goes, boy, howdy, yes, I have. <laughs> and he starts pulling out little tiny spell jars. Which, honestly, I thought was kind of cool. So he explains that one of them was meant to, like, was set just outside uh, the gambling room. And it was meant to take your luck. By the uh, person put on the spell, so that you know they would have all the luck and win all the money. And um, he he compared it to like the house always wins, and he kind of it it that was a really cute scene because then Zach's like, "Well, I'm from Vegas, so I'm gonna stay far away from that." Yo, don't point it at me. Don't point it at me. And this man is just vaguely gesturing <laughs> it at him. And Zach is, like, legitimately freaked out because, um, it's a gift from Parks and Rec, right? Which the, one? the, like, indigenous person who's like, if I know anything about white people. Yeah! <laughs> That's from Parks and Rec. <laughs> if I know anything about white people, they're scared of curses. 
They're scared of curses. And that's all I could think of as Zach is literally leaping back from this jar. He is just frightened to death of this little jar full of God only knows what because it's been there for a hundred and some you know, years. I really appreciated the anthropologist in the episode trying so hard to give context. He was. He was he, trying. He, he was really trying. Um, I did like the I I thought the miraculous metal that was modified I to look like Ursula was so cool. And like exactly. talk about like taking what you have to make it into you know, something that you believe in. Like, that, to me, is such an act of resistance. And Zach is so focused on, like, spell work and hexes and curses, he completely misses, like, this tiny little thing. It, yeah. I really, like, but to me, like, if you give me the choice between, like, you know, a ghost or, and do it with an anthropologist, I'm like, can you give me an anthropologist? Yeah. Is it going to show me things? Um, which is saying something because I fucking love haunted ghost tours. Ghost tours are so good. I love them so much. I already, ex- I like told Alex, uh, my boyfriend, that if we go down to New Orleans, I have to take at least one of those tours. And he's accepted that this is a thing. He's like, I know, I got it, it's fine. I love, we'll do it. love ghost tours. I think Kim and I have said on the podcast before the glory of a ghost tour is that you get to learn history, as well as the the ghost stories. What I also love about ghost stories is the way that they talk about the things that we fear, and the things that... um, We actually took one um, in the city, which is interesting, because both of us are natives. Natives. So, like, there were a couple of things that, like, I already knew, and she already knew, but we both learned something new. Yeah, it was so great. Like, also... By the way, NYU's built on top of a mass grave. You're welcome. <laughs> NYU sucks. Um, <laughs> but, like, you, you learn about the things that don't stay buried, right? They don't say, like, uh, the ghost, the spirit of a person may not stay in the ground, but also the things that, that a ghost represents cannot be hidden, cannot be put away. Um, and a lot of times it's things like trauma and violent deaths, or just mass graves of disease victims, or even planned cemeteries that we built over of disenfranchised people, such as the um, African American burial ground downtown. Yeah. Which was a, and this is a phrasing that they used at the time, mm-hmm. um, in a cemetery for free and enslaved Negroes. Because we had those even here in New York. Yep. So, I that's why I love a good ghost story. And I feel like Zach doesn't love a good ghost story the same reason we love it. Also, when story. they reinterred the bodies after the archaeological studies had gone over, they did this, like, whole, at, like, traditional burial ceremony. Yes. It, I got to see it. Oh. I, had a half, I actually had a half day from school that day, so I went to my dad's job. And I was in seventh grade, and he goes, Kim, if you want to go, they're doing the re-inter- uh, the reinterment, if you want to go see it, because he was next door, feel free. So I actually went and, like, watched the whole thing. It was so cool. 
I, like including the procession with the horse guard carriages. I love burial rituals. I really, really do. Uh, I have a death thing, you guys. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> There's a reason why we're besties. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, we should actually go down because they do have the whole memorial and like story pictures from that. Yes, I've never that. been there. So we went over the the miraculous medal, um, and then they decide they're gonna go out for crawfish. <gasps> yes, and, and Zach has his first crawfish, and it is he has no idea what the fuck a crawfish. Is. I'm topping myself up. <laughs> Sam's like, I need more wine for this. Uh, no, Zach has no idea what the hell a crawfish is. Okay, so for and for reference, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> I am not. Uh, went to school in D.C., which is not too far from Maryland, known for crabs. Um, I'm very close to Virginia. It's got that whole southern thing going on. Crawfish, crayfish, whatever. They, they are a thing people eat. I'm a vegetarian, and I do not eat seafood. But even I know what a, what a crawfish is. And Zach, a person who is not a vegetarian, <laughs> walks up to this... Okay... Actually, let's start from the beginning. They say, before we get locked down, says Zach, we gotta get us some tail. And, like, Nick and Aaron are looking at him like, some tail. To be fair, it is what the sign says. The sign says, like, the best tail in town or whatever. They go on, it's a crawfish place, and they are so excited to talk to these people. The place is empty except for them. They must have arranged this in advance, which is good. And Zach gets to, to put some crawfish in the pot, and he's like, oh, poor little crawfish. But first thing he said is, what even is a crawfish? And I spent, like, four years in D.C., which isn't even properly the South, and I was hurt by this. Yeah. They're like tiny lobsters. Yeah. I, I don't like the concept of lobsters, and I don't like the concept of crayfish. But... So... Uh, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I'm in Boston, D.C. Not Boston. Baltimore, D.C. a lot. Yeah. I have never had crawfish. That's fair. I, I've actually been... Um, every time I say this, my friends down there are like, you've never had what now? How have you never had, like, bro, I'm from New York, like... We don't have those animals up here. We have lobster, we have... And the only times I've really gone down south is if I'm going to D.C. or a few times I went to Virginia. Um, and it, when I go to Orlando, in which case, like... It's Disney time. <laughs> We're not eating your seafood in Orlando. You're not close enough to the water for that. Unless, you know, we're in Epcot. That's okay. I trust Disney food. <laughs> hey, they get everything on site. Like, And the last thing Disney wants is for someone to get sick, and that ruins their experience because it's the happiest place on Earth. Corporations are evil. Let me rephrase this. It's the happiest place on Earth. TM. Yes. <laughs> With that being said, I fucking love Disney. <laughs> I didn't get it. I went recently. I get it now. I get it now. They are um, very good at what they do. So, um, he's talking to these good people, and he just wants them to talk about the ghosts of this plantation. And they're like, no, I heard it's haunted. Um, and then 
he starts asking them if the the crawfish joint is haunted by fucking crawfish. <sighs> yeah, I could have. I was like, really, dude? Really? I feel like we've spoken on the last couple episodes about um, the, the vast quantity of filler that some of these episodes have at the front. And then, although this was worth it for a while, because he does talk to, like, have you heard of uh, Magnolia Plantation? Do you think it's haunted? And uh, they're all like, yeah. So he talks to this little kid. And I will give Zach credit for this. He's actually really good with little kids. And that's a point for him that he's put on his Tinder profile. He really should! Good with kids. M uh, weirdo, into weird sex, good with kids. <laughs> There's a, uh, so he talks to this little kid who I think is like the kid of the owner. And he's like, are you afraid of ghosts? And he's like, no. Oh, we got a skeptic on our hands. Um, do you want to be locked into Mag- in Magnolia Plantation with us? And the little kid just starts running away and goes, you'll never get me alive! And runs to the back of the restaurant. And I'm here like, <laughs> same. <laughs> I'm just dying laughing like, I love this kid. And by the way, Zach follows that up by looking at the camera and saying, That's what we do when we see evil. Run like hell. And I'm like, what's the name of this podcast, Kim? It's Stop Running From This. Why are we doing that? Because in the very first episode, what does he do? He shouts at Nick to stop running. That's the first episode or second episode? No, it's the first episode. No, it's the first episode. Stop running. Stop running. That's what he's saying all the time. In fact, that clip is featured in every intro. Yup. Of the show, not our show. Yeah, uh, they talk because I was too lazy to make an intro. Oh, intros are hard. <laughs> we should consider it at some point. Eventually, like, we'll figure out intro music, I guess. Yeah. But then he starts talking to the chef, and he's like, "All right, so uh, have you heard anything about voodoo or voodoo at the plantation?" And he starts talking about how his aunt was into voodoo and did hexes and killed chickens, and I'm like. This is exactly what my mother warned me about. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was um, listening to that, and all I could think of was um, one of my colleagues is from Nigeria, and he was telling me how growing up he had to uh, that he had to uh, slaughter chickens in the farm. So he was like, his mom asked him to slaughter chickens for the first time. She's like, make sure you hold them down. He's like, because they move after chop the head off. He's like, no, they. How the hell they move? So he cuts off the head. So he cuts off the head, puts it off to the side. He's like, "Look, chicken's cut." And then he looks over, and the chicken got up and started running away. And he's like, "What?" Listen, the first. And time, so that was the only thing I could think of when they mentioned cutting chicken. The first time you see a chicken running without his head, it is traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> you don't forget that shit. Um, Zach follows it up with, <clears throat> "I take it you don't." Pause. Screw with that. And then he says, so if we did a voodoo ceremony, that would be bad? And the guy's like, fuck yeah, that would be bad. Cut to. No, no, it's not cut to. Zach goes, well, when you say no, we take that as yes. And then you can see he's about to respond with something. And, and they, they cut. cut. They cut so fast. That <laughs> cut is... Is that cut his speed? Because I have a feeling his next words were, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Things we said. 
Oh, yes. My next note is, this is so uncomfortable in all caps. Because they... They get a voodoo priestess and some compatriots. And they're dressed in white with white fucking do-rags on their white-ass heads. Shitty-ass do-rags. And this scene made me uncomfortable because it was voyeuristic as fuck. Yeah, Kim and I were talking before we started recording about um, the difference between, like, learning about a culture and something being voyeuristic. And this scene is... Is the difference? Um, it was. Oh, it's uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable it was to uncomfortable. watch. But another reason why it was uncomfortable. Um, so apparently there are still photographers there, and there's still photographer captured a fucking face. Yeah, clear as day, face in the smoke. And I, they're talking about. I just turned to Sam. And Sam just has this extreme look of, what the fuck? What the fuck? I don't fuck with that shit. What the fuck? Dislike. Dislike. I don't fuck with that shit. It was, listen, I'm not one who normally is like, that's a ghost photo. But my friends, pals, men, women, non-binary entities from beyond the stars. We're all altered beings. I have no idea what to tell you. That that was some creepy ass uh, ghost photo shit right there. And as far as the the ritual went, I love seeing other rituals. I love me a good ritual that I am unfamiliar with. And she was doing libations and calling on spirits, and I was like, yes, this is the sort of thing I really wish we had more of. Maybe with some explanatory text at the bottom. I love me. Some ritual. What we did not have was explanatory text. What we had was three chuckleheads being like, holy shit, I felt something! Oh my god! Yeah. I got all goosebumps! And she's like, uh huh, I feel it! And she is pouring the libations. Yeah, like, the fact that, um, they essentially have three frat boys uh, doing this added to discomfort. Can I do the shade now? Yes! Okay! <laughs> So, this is the time for the shade. So, Haunted Natcha Choches uh, is a site that I got this off of. Because they wrote, actually, a little bit thing, a little thing about the uh, episode. And, um, hold up. The very last paragraph of this, after they describe, like, you know, voodoo and some of the traditions that was in the episode and all that. During the Ghost Adventures day at Magnolia Plantation, several strange things took place. However, because the show itself was more hype than real ghost hunting, it was difficult to tell how much of their, quote, interactions, quote, or sorry, encounters, quote, was for the purposes of entertainment. Nonetheless, the plantation itself has a rich history, and the voodoo queen who officiated ceremony is a legitimate priestess who comes highly recommended. The shade. I was just like, whoo, the shade. All that shade. It like, is cold in this shade. It's like, damn. So anyway, that's all we're going to say on that. We're just going to read it. And, and that, and like, even though they have a lot of quote-unquote encounters, I'm like, 
y'all. Y'all. They had a lot of shit. Now, there is one disclaimer I want to put out, because I realize this listening to our back episodes. So, you'll often hear me say, it's not on camera, it doesn't count. We're both very much aware that anything that's auditory, or even what we see, can totally be manipulated in post, or... Like, it could be like it could be added later on, and it's scripted, and they're reacting to things that are scripted, or they go back and report something that's scripted. We're very much aware of all these things, but as it stands, we have to take them at their word about what they're saying. Yeah, and it's definitely less um, impactful if they're reacting to something that isn't caught on, on quote-unquote tape. See, back in the day, kids... Uh, we would record things onto magnetic tape <laughs> and then play it back that way. There were these things called cassettes for audio, and then they had VCRs with VHS tapes. <laughs> but yeah, so I just I wanted to make that clear. Like, we're very much aware that all this could be total bullshit. But given that we're... A... This is not going to be as fun if we just sit here the whole time going, that's fake, that's got to be fake. Yeah, like, within <laughs> the fiction of the show. Um, Assuming it's fiction. Well, or or when we say, like, within the fiction. So like, within, within the confines of the show, yeah. I think is a better. Yeah, yeah. Setting aside our concepts of how Hollywood magic gets things done, if we believe what they say they're they're saying, right, it is more compelling if they they capture something on tape. It is far less compelling if it's just three fucking frat boys freaking out over something that the audience doesn't even get to hear. Which, to be fair, has totally been something that some of these episodes have done. Oh my gosh. I want to make that clear. That is definitely something they've done, where they've captured no actual evidence except feelings. And, like, I think I said on the last one, I am a big, big proponent of feelings. Because feelings is how you, as a person, know what's up. But feelings are also subjective. You cannot measure a feeling. Um, And now you can say whatever you want about the, the measurements that they do take, and if they mean what they say they mean, which is a fair argument. I'm not here to tell you it's not. But we are out here to have fun, and we are going to believe, at least for the duration of watching the show and then talking about it, that they're not they're not giving us the lies. Yeah, I mean, like I said, no one's made a complaint or anything, or no one said anything. It's just, it's something I was thinking of. And I'm like, you know, I just want to make it clear. Like, we're very much aware they could be faking the whole thing. But the conceit of the show is that they're not. Yeah. And the conceit of our show is that they're not. They're just dumb. So. <laughs> Remake. No two ways about it. About what we think <laughs> that they're, uh. They really understand shit is. And. I'm sorry, but I'm also very not sorry. Yeah. So we're aware that could be a possibility, but we're also taking the stance of this is real. Just A, entertainment value. B, we probably wouldn't be doing this if our stance was it's all fake. 
Yeah, there wouldn't be much to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we out here having some fun. All right. They get locked in. There's a lightning storm going on. And what's cool is they do the axes on the map again, which is cool. Oh, the thing with four when they do that is Zach says, we always introduce ourselves when we first come in. And I'm like, bitch, when? They have a couple of times. A couple of times, but not always. When you're going to say always, and we have evidence, I mean, cut together, whatever, see to the show. And, you know, I will say, there was very, there was surprisingly little filler in this episode. I think the interviews didn't take as long as they thought they would, or there wasn't as much usable in the interviews. I think they cut a lot of the interviews. Yeah, because... A lot of the Even interviews. though the crawfish thing was filler, it was pretty tight. Yeah, there was a lot of lockdown. No one was climbing up a quote-unquote mountain uh, <laughs> to get a better look. <laughs> a tall hill. It wasn't even a tall hill. Or, you know... Getting lost in Florida, away from the big white trail. <laughs> oh, it hurts. It hurts. Anyway. Anyway. So, they start their lockdown, they turn off the lights, and as soon as they turn off the lights, they hear fucking knocking. It's six knocks. They get six knocks, because I counted. See, it, and it was so clear. I thought it was them. I, I thought someone had knocked something. I, it, it, it. Mm. It was not comfortable, y'all. And so then they're like, yes, we also learned listening for EVPs or voices of the dead. I'm like, I actually tuned that part out, which is good because I just rolled my eyes so hard I gave myself a headache. <laughs> oh, I wanted to slap Zach. I was like, oh, stop saying voices of the dead. But they do catch an EVP that sounds like a lady going, go back. Yeah, and they're like, is this Mr. Miller saying, like, what he was trying to tell the Union soldiers. I'm like, that sounded like a woman. Yeah. One, I heard it clearly, which, in the last eleven, uh, the last ten episodes, when have I heard a fucking chick clearly? <laughs> like, yeah, usually I clearly, I'm telling you what they said. <laughs> I clearly need to get my ears checked. <laughs> so Nick then starts feeling things. He's like, oh my god, I have goosebumps. And, and I'm dizzy. And I don't feel good. I'm like, you're having, what's called a panic attack, Nick. Well, the thing that annoys me in this part is how freaked out they get over responses. Because I think Zach's like, I want you to give me a sign of your presence right now. Because then he starts demanding things from ghosts. And he starts counting to three. And on one, there's a bang. And he's like, oh my god, holy shit. And they like just devolve into, oh my god, holy shit. I think they don't expect a response. Okay, I get that. I wouldn't expect a response either. But it's also not my job. You know, actually, that's not true. If I walked up into my attic and I was like, hey, broski, knock something over to prove that you're here, I would expect to hear something. And you'd hear it and go, oh, shit, and run. I'd be like, thank you for your service and throw myself out a window, a low window, <laughs> to get out of the house. Because um, I always thank the ghost. <laughs> and then they get, I did somebody, hello. Right, Aaron's trying to go up the stairs, but he's dizzy as hell. And then they hear it with their ears, and then it's captured clearly on audio. A lady going, hello? And I was like, uh, fuck no. So then they go upstairs into the bedroom where Betty heard the footsteps growing up. 
And does anything happen in the bedroom? I don't remember. They find a closet. They find a closet? Oh, is that where the gourds were? Mm-hmm. So they find a closet, and they're like, oh, my God, we found a secret place. There's these hanging things. What are these hanging things? And I'm like, they're motherfucking gourds. And Zach's like, are they alien eggs? If I touch it, is it going to hatch? I'm like, it's a fucking gourd. Or, or, uh, shit, is, like, a UFO going to come get us? It's a fucking it. gourd. I get it. You're from Nevada, okay? You believe in aliens out there. I'm not here to tell you yay or nay on aliens. I have opinions on that, but your experiences are valid. Um, but those are fucking gourds. So, yeah. So, they're freaked out by motherfucking gourds. They think it's voodoo shit. And, you know, not just squash. And I'm slowly melting into a puddle of myself because this is just mind-numbingly awful. I, okay. But then they see the glowing thing. Yeah, so they're in there, and Zach's like, do you see that? And apparently with his eyes, he saw a glowing green light. And then he got it on camera, kind of. And this is odd. But you know how I always, like, I don't fuck with orbs. Orbs are fake as fuck. That didn't look like an orb, though. It didn't. And also, he saw it with his eyes. He saw it with his eyes. It didn't look like an orb. It didn't look like a colorful orb. And it didn't move like... It didn't move like a bug or anything. Like, even I was like, what the fuck is that thing? Yeah, and, like, it moves off of the pane of glass onto the wall. wood frame next to yeah. it. So it's not a reflection in the glass. It's not something beyond the glass. And I was like... And it didn't have the refraction pattern of, like... A light or a laser. Yeah. Um, my note here is the only orb I respect. <laughs> it was it, it was definitely um, odd. It, it was, was the only weird. good part about the gourd closet. The closet of gourds. Which, okay, so to say that it's clearly gourds, I have never, I've heard about gourds, right? We had to study slavery in school, and I'd be like, Oh, they followed the North Star because they followed the big gourd and the little gourd, right? And I was like, I have no idea what the fuck this gourd is. But we get here, and Kim's like, they're fucking gourds. And I had already been like, those are plants of some kind that have been hung up. They are clearly not alien fucking eggs. Those are fucking edible looking shits. I don't know what your problem is. I get, I get a little bit more salty every time. And every glass of wine, apparently. So then they go down to the basement where... Oh, we forgot to mention this part. Oh, okay, all right. So they're talking I to think, Betty. like, I had purposely Back in the interview, out. I didn't write this down because I was too busy... I think we were both too busy gawking yeah. to write it down. So Betty takes them down into the basement, right? And the voiceover back in the interview section says, like, blah, 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 sordid history, right? And I was like, oh, sordid history on a plantation that had enslaved people. I'm expecting, like, a doctor who used to hack up people for fun or experiments done upon enslaved people because they were treated as property and they didn't have to consent to these sorts of things without anesthesia. Um, you know, I'm thinking that. That's not what this is. There is a... Um, a board with, like, round holes cut out. 
like ankle sized and it's sitting there on the floor and the the idea was that you'd be shackled into it you have to sit well, let, let's phrase this way have you all seen stocks yeah. they were stocks it ankle stocks but yes. without the top part i guess the top part somewhere else and betty's like yeah, it's for, for the enslaved people. And I thought she said it had been on the porch. Kim heard under the porch. Either way, not in the basement. Not just <laughs> chilling out in the basement. So, cut back to where we are now, in the basement. A place I was dreading going in this episode. And these three chuckleheads... <laughs> are sitting there with their legs in the leg stocks and the voiceover is talking about how they're going down into the basement and then Zach I'm sorry because I remembered it's not the voiceover it's fucking Zach well the voiceover is Zach the voiceover is never not Zach yes but in this case it's Zach in the moment okay talking about how they are now in the bowels of the evil of this place which is not a way he's described the plantation at all previously. Um, in these, like, ankle stocks that are down here. And over the course of the episode, every time they mention the basement, they talk about how it has a dark history that I think they just mean the ankle stocks because they never say anything else. And, like, again, Kim and I are more familiar with the other plantations where dark history means, like, some really dark fucking shit. So I was expecting some dark shit. When you tell me a place has a dark history and you're talking about a plantation full of enslaved persons, I'm I'm going... We're talking, like, severe abuse, not just the normal plantation abuse. Yeah, like, if you're telling me a plantation has a dark history, you don't just mean of slavery. You know, that's, that's just plantation history. Um... You mean like some Chloe shit? Yeah, we're talking about we're talking about some dark fucking shit that should have trigger warnings. And if you don't know what I mean by Chloe shit, just Google Chloe and Bertle Plantation. Anyway, <sighs> we're talking like some Elizabeth Bathory shit. Okay? There we go. Like we we're going bad places, but apparently he just means ankle stocks because he doesn't know his history because Kim and I have had. The privilege of learning history. Or, you know, actually remembering it and retaining it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they hear footsteps upstairs after, like, 20 minutes. And while they're hearing footsteps, we're hearing footsteps because of my neighbors, which I thought was funny. Yeah, we're having a giggle. (laughs) Um, And then Zach starts talking about how he saw some light and how there's no dirt. Like, he hasn't seen any dust in this basement. And I cannot remember for the life of me if this has a dirt floor or not. But, in any case, it's a basement. I don't know how many basements y'all have been in. They're dusty, no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. So, as they're getting all worked up about, like, this light and these footsteps, they get, with their ears and on their recorder, it's just a, hey. And that was on satellite. That was unsettling. So then they go to their next part of the adventure, and... Oh, this is where we take my break about my prejudice. So um, Zach's like, yeah, so Aaron and I are going to be in in um, the slave quarters, and Nick's going to be in the slave hospital. And Nick goes, 
It's the longest night we've ever been separated. Which is cute. And Zach ruins it by going, and you'll be in the hospital. We'll be fine. It's cute. I was like, oh, they're always together at night. And the fanfic uh, writer and me went off on a different place. A shippy, shippy place. Okay, now I need to see if there's Ghost Adventures fanfiction. I've never looked before, and now I've got to know. Wait. The answer is, I did get results for Ghost Adventures. So there is a Ghost Adventures tag. Hold up. There are 274 words archived in Ghost Adventures. And this one that we found first is some Zick. Uh, some Zick. So Zach Nick slash Fick. Apparently I'm just making up a ship name and Zick does not work. <laughs> okay, so I looked this up on a whim and now I'm like, oh my god. Christmas party. Yes. I yes. Fan fiction is the best, you guys. Sorry, I'm I, I'm in the um, Okay, alright, I'm pulling I'm, you I'm in the rabbit hole. I'm, I'm in the up. rabbit hole. We gotta nope. get to the light, y'all. Okay. Y'all, there, there's 274. Okay, we're not I've read the descriptions of, of 40 already. I'm gonna put this down. Okay. Right. Um, but we do need to do... So, we do. We do so, need to do fanfiction. So I looked it up, and the answer is yes, there is Ghost Adventures fanfiction, and it is wonderful. We and are so excited. At some point, we're gonna do a bonus episode of us just reading fanfiction. Yeah. Because some of those descriptions were choice, and I'm really excited to read Zach and Nick. Yeah, with the consent Gosh. of the authors. We're not going to do anything weird. Yeah, no. Well, like, well when I said read, I meant, like, we'd probably, like, review or something. Oh, my gosh. Uh, if we did a dramatic reading... We'd, read fanfiction with us. If we do a dramatic reading, we'd either, like, do it on Twitch or, yeah. like, do a video or something. Oh, we can only do, like, Instagram Live or something. Yes. Do you follow our Instagram? Stop running this podcast. Okay, so last we left off, um, they're getting locked in, they got the hay, right? So I grew up, and it was instilled in me that you don't fuck with Santeria, you don't fuck with voodoo, and when I found out that voodoo was a sacred thing for voodoo, that don't fuck with it still applied, and it's something that I've been working to get past, because these things are actual religions, and it's not just a boogeyman scare your kids with. But if you are going to do animal sacrifices, please don't do them in New York City parks. Just saying. Go somewhere else. Unless you're Ron Swanson. No, Ron Swanson. <laughs> Sorry, that's like one of my favorite things in um, Parks and Rec when Ron Swanson shows up to like slaughter a pig for a barbecue. That is. And the uh, park arc, uh, folks are like, you can't do that. He's like, oh, and he writes the, the letter. Goes- where he just hands a piece of paper and says, I can do what I want? Yes, because... Oh, I understand now. <laughs> because he's the director of parks. He still can't do that. That's against the rules. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> well, the only reason why the parks have rules is because Leslie wrote them. This is a small town, isn't it? No, Pawnee's a small city. I have no idea what a small city is. I recently... Yeah, I need that to get you some places aren't by the ocean. Listen, I have so, a lot to learn. Guys, you need to understand it. Sam has never seen Parks and Recreation. Because by the time everyone was telling her she needed to see Parks and Recreation, she had already started working for New York City Parks. And when she mentioned it to her boss, her boss was like, don't do it. It'll just remind you of work. 
because that they they got bureaucracy a little too right. They got it on the nose. They my bosses talk about it sometimes and just talk about like how right it is and how accurate. And I'm like, I I do this for money. I don't need to do it for fun. Uh, oh, I do also do it for fun. God help me. Um. Anyway, so, so but so anyway, we came back from our break. Yeah, and, Nick um, is gonna be alone in the hospital. Zach and Aaron are gonna be in the the slave quarters. But before they get there, so they leave the and they have the static cams in the house. And after they leave, they capture a dude shouting in the bedroom and in the living room they capture music and it was just and these are clear as day and it's a plantation there's nothing around it it was creepy as fuck yeah i'm i was here like okay so maybe the um shouting was an animal i have no idea what sort of animal could do music and, like, when I say music, I don't mean, like, bird song sort of shit, like... No, it sounded like notes. That's music. Um, in my notes, I have in big, all caps, creepy sounds in empty house, or creepy exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, then they're heading over... So, we get Nick getting locked in by by Dusty into the, the hospital. And while that's happening, uh, Aaron and Zach are waiting for Dusty, and they see the lights going on and off. Not in the quarters that they're going into, the, the building next to it. And it's... I cannot tell, because of the way this show is cut between looking at the building and looking at them, if the interval is the same between the on and the off and the on and the off each time. But it is several times, and it continues throughout the rest of the night. Um, so it's off, and Zach goes, if you're in there, turn it on! And it turns on. He's like, oh shit. And then I think he asks it to turn it off. Too. No, no, he says, is this because we did the voodoo ritual? And it just goes off. As I'm watching this interaction, all I can think of is, ghost on! Ghost off! Clapper. <laughs> uh, Dusty walks up and says, um, Creoles call that a Lulu. And I'm like, why do I already know that word? That that seems like something that I've heard before. And he goes, Zach's like, oh, what's, what does that mean, a Lulu? And Dusty goes, a ghost. And he's just standing there looking absolutely gobsmacked that this is a thing that's happening. So I'm assuming... That that light is not on a timer of some sort. They're standing there talking. It's turning on, and it's turning off. Clap So, they get locked in. And Zach is trying to um, communicate oh my God. with the ghost in his typical fashion. And he's in one room and Aaron's well, in another. Yeah, the first thing they do, he sits in a fucking chair. And Zach gets somebody tapping on his chair. If he says tap, I would say that's more of a whack. It was loud, and he felt the vibrations of it in in his seat region. 
So anyway, he starts doing his normal um, thing. And Aaron's like, bro, stop! He's like, what are you talking? He's like, well, he's like, what's the one thing the guy said? Do not taunt voodoo! And Zach's like, am I, am I taunting? And Aaron's like, yes! <laughs> and this stupid-ass motherfucker, instead of just saying, oh, I'm sorry, I did, I wasn't trying to do that, um, he goes, I'm not taunting you, I'm just talking, I'm just yelling. And I'm like, you stupid motherfucker. And Aaron is sitting there staring at him like this is the most monumental idiot he has ever seen. <sighs> Which, to be honest, Kim and I are sitting here on this couch like this. <laughs> so to say I love Aaron is like an understatement. And I mean this in form of like he's an amazing person. I've never met Aaron. I have no actual feelings toward him. But anyway. She's in love, love with him. Ow! <laughs> anyway. So oh. <laughs> So y'all can't see our expressions right now, but Sam is laughing Ow. while also being in pain, and I have this huge shit-aiming grin on my face. <sighs> <I'm> anyway, <laughs> I almost dropped the glass. <laughs> anyway, so Kim's abusing me, you guys. <laughs> It's just like, this motherfucker, and I just love Aaron in general, first of all, because he's constantly in Disney, which makes my life. It's not love, love. Secondly, he's adorable with his girl, with his girlfriend, fiance, I think he's engaged, I don't know. The person he's seeing. The person he's seeing, who's also, like, adorable. And he just seems like a genuinely good guy. And, like, he's a goofball, and he puts up with Zach. So, as Zach is, like, doing his non-apology for taunting... Uh, Aaron catches an EVP going, Aaron. And I'm like, oh, you don't come after my baby boy. No, he's a sweet baby boy. I didn't hear the Aaron. I just heard a... While that's going on, Zach is freaking out. Because he hears what he's describing as screaming. Yeah, so in the moment he's saying, I hear screaming, I hear screaming... Um, it's coming from in here with me, and Aaron is, like, screaming? Um, in the voiceover, he calls it chanting. They play it, and, I don't know, it, doesn't, it sounds weird and creepy. But I, it does sound like chanting. To me, it didn't, but... To me, it did. We've established I can't hear this shit. It was not given to me the gift of hearing. Um... But yeah, Zach looks terrified as all hell. Zach is freaking out. Like, remember when we said earlier that Zach is the epitome of, like, white people are, like, afraid of curses? That is exactly what he looks like. Yes. Imagine a white person afraid of curses. Give him biceps. It's Zach Baggins. So Zach is Baggins. Remember Baggins? He's a hobbit. I don't know. <laughs> so Zach's like, what are we messing with, man? I'm like... They already told you. Oh, but Aaron also gets a sound. Uh, yeah, it gets Aaron. Is that what that voice yeah. was? I could not tell. Yeah, it's it just sounded Aaron. very like guttural and slimy. Yeah, it's just Aaron. Okay. Oh, oh. But yeah, just Zach going, "What are we messing with, man?" I'm like, 
you're, you were told. You were told. You also did a ceremony with a voodoo priestess to ask spirits to come in and be active. But yeah, so they like, end... Specifically. So they end their lockdown. Dusty lets them out. I put Dusty comes to save the day. <laughs> and Aaron goes to turn off the camera and he goes... You don't know that voodoo you do. Yeah. I just want to say, I'm like, did, did he just quote Labyrinth? It could also be Frank Sinatra. It may have been Frank Sinatra, but I was just like, bro. And that's it. That's, that's the credits. And okay. it's they don't do any wrap-up at the end, and they don't really need to do much wrap-up. And I think this is, like, the first time where they're just like, egg. It's nice. They don't have any voiceover going over that they I remember. They have a little one. I wasn't listening. They did, but it was short. I was like, and that was our adventure. And yeah, like, blah, it was blah, like blah, blah. It was like a couple sentences. Zach's talking. I'm not listening. Yeah. All right. So that was it. Final thoughts? Um, This was an entertaining watch, if highly cringe. It wasn't nearly as cringe as the last two episodes, though. No, 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 no. This was actually entertaining. So I made this comment to you while we were watching. Um, Zach is ex- equally exploitative of all religions, but... That's not even, like, correct. It's not that he's exploitative. He just... I think because he's non-religious, if he thinks it's gonna help his investigation, he'll use it. It's a little wild, honestly. I'm a person who comes from a religious background. I'm dating someone who does not. So, like, there's a lot of things that are clear to me as a, as a person who grew up in religion that are not clear to him as a person who did not grow up in religion. But Zach still treats religion, and in this case, voodoo in particular, as... A foreign concept? A super foreign. Like, more foreign than, than crawfish. And not even just as a tool. He just does not see any value in it for itself. Even when he was talking about, like, the enslaved people using voodoo, he was not thinking about it as a form of, like, expression or a form of worship. He was thinking about it as a tool to get back at oppressors, which, like, is a thing that spell work of all kinds has been used throughout history by all people, but, like, that is not the end-all, be-all. Yeah, it's like, it's a part of it, but it's not the point of it. Yeah. And I think that was really uh, elucidating. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, like, has to perspective. Like, with us, it's really obvious. Because last year, the Met Gala, or the Met Fashion Institute's exhibit, was... Heavenly Bodies. Oh, thank you. It was Heavenly yeah, Bodies. Yeah, it, was it was a pun. Thank you. So the Met, the Fashion Institute at the Met, their um, exhibition at the Costume Institute was Heavenly Bodies, which was about Catholicism and fashion. So the fashion of Catholicism, including traditional garments and takes on those garments or how Catholicism inspired designers who grew up in the faith. And it was really sur- a surreal experience for me to see Catholicism described from an outside perspective. And it's not that something I've ex- never experienced before. I've definitely experienced it. But with other religions, and to see it as something that's your own, it's weird because you don't think of having to explain, you know, 
what the importance of a baptismal gown is or what vestments are. Try to explain, like, the concept of the process by which the Eucharist becomes the actual... Transubstantiation. Thank you. Transubstantiation. To someone who is not only not Christian, but is not religious, is ridiculous because it definitely sounds like cannibalism. Which was, not gonna lie, is one of, was one of our favorite points to bring up when we were in high school. Yeah, but we brought it up as a joke. I didn't say it wasn't. I'm just like, that was one of our favorite points. Yeah, it's just... It's also one of the reasons why Christians were persecuted. <laughs> because of the cannibalism. It sounded like we were sleeping with each other, and we were cannibals. We sounded like a cult of cannibals. I mean, if we want to be... Whatever. Whatever. We, I mean, we called each other brother and sister. We kept talking about eating people. Like, it's totally understandable. Eating the flesh and drinking the blood, yo. It's goth as fuck. <laughs> but yeah, it's like that whole thing of seeing your culture, which is considered relatively mainstream, and your religion being explained in a foreign way. I like, saw so many people responding very poorly to the concept of Pope Rihanna, because she wore the people-inspired oh, yes. outfit to the yes. Met Gala that year. Um, she looked fly as fuck. I mean, I took it as what it was, fashion inspired by... Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people did not take it that way. But I definitely understand, and I definitely understand that. Yeah. Because it was, like I said, it was a weird concept. So I can only imagine that a a voodoo practitioner watching this episode would be like, what the actual fuck? And have that same sort of disconnect. The same disconnect that we had when we were watching uh, La Parisma. Oh my gosh, yeah. Which, last episode, I don't know how much you cut. But I definitely had, it wasn't even a, a 101 primer, I'll cut a little bit. It was like a 201 or 301. I kept most of that in. Yes. Because we needed that to explain a lot of it. Yeah. Because even for you, I had to keep saying, like, you know, Sam, not everybody is Catholic. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I, I've been in it my whole life. My parents are also very active in the church. I had at one point wanted to be a canon lawyer, but I'm queer. Oops. So, like, trying to break it down for me to Catholicism 101 was really hard. And watching Zach have zero even 101 knowledge was super hard, because I really just wanted to be like, okay, 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 but let me explain. Also, Ben Franklin and drag. That was weird. I will never forgive that comment. I still don't get it. I still don't get it. Then, oh my god. Anyway, if you didn't listen to the last episode, it'll be out by the time this episode's out. <laughs> I want your fan art. Yes, please. Send us fan art of Ben Franklin and Drag. Also, Nick Offerman and Bees with the Mustache to make doing carpentry. Also, if you've written Ghost Adventures fanfiction, can you send it to us? No, like, seriously. We, really, we would really love to read it. Um, I, for some reason, did not think of it as existing, but now that it does, I am really excited to dive in and see how this is fanfiction. So. So, I'm Sam. I'm Kim. This has been Stop Writing With... Stop running from this Ghost Adventures podcast. 
You can find us on Twitter at SRFT Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Stop Running From This Podcast. And our email is Stop Running From This Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, you can also listen to us on iTunes and Spotify. Please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it because it would help us get those listeners that we love. Also, tell your friends. We're adorable. You should tell more people that we're adorable and they should listen to us. Yeah, we are cute and funny. Yeah. Um, I love how we say that like we're 13. And no, we are we're... cute and funny. I listen to this podcast at work sometimes and I giggle. You can also catch us on our website, which is still under construction, which is uh, starting from the stuff, blueberry.net. Uh, blueberry is spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. We both have, like, actual jobs, so that's why we're still under construction <laughs> in so many ways. Yes, but all of our episodes and their descriptions are on there, so you can also listen on there if you don't like listening apps for some reason. And if you know of another place to rate and review us, yeah, rate and review us. If you want to send us an email, please do, but only nice things, because yes. I'm very stressed at work, and I can't take any more. I have no dignity. I'm a grad student. Yeah, be nice to Kim. She's a grad student. She <laughs> deserves better in this life. So yeah, that's that's it. That's the show. So yeah, that's it. By the way, our email stop running from this at gmail.com again. Thank you so much for listening, and... We will catch you next week with episode 12 for us. If you want to watch along with us, it is going to be season 2, episode 5, The Birdcage Theater. The Ghost Adventures crew confronts the spirit of the spirits of the Old West in Tombstone, Arizona, the town too tough to die. This is where the Old West survives. Legendary gunslingers and gamblers drank, died, and still haunt here. I'm psyched. I remember this one. This is going to be, oh, and then it's Eastern State. Fuck. Wait, hold on. I need to get timing for this. Oh, my God. Eastern State is going to be after my wedding in Philadelphia. Yay. You're not coming with me to that no, wedding. So that means that I'm going to be going to Eastern State in, like, my gown for this wedding and, like, taking photos. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That actually seems like such a good idea. Going to Eastern State, wearing, like, formal wear and getting some really good pictures. Listen, you found a way to get me there. Like, I've been telling you about how Eastern State is Yes, yeah, so now you're going to be with your hair did and your makeup did in a dress when we go to Eastern State. You're not coming with me to the wedding! No, no, you're going to have to get all dolled up again. Yeah, no, that ain't happening. Mm, This has been Stop Running From This Podcast. I'm Kim. I'm Sam. We'll see you next week at the Birdcage Theater, and you are not getting me to Eastern State in a dress. Bye now! (laughs) Punching Nazis. It's what Captain America would do.